Welcome to the Johnny Law Podcast, where not much here is relevant, all are welcome, even influencers, and I don't fucking care who you voted for. Are you feeling lonely lately? You feeling let down and cooped up sitting around your house? Are you asking yourself the question, am I living a lie? Well, I hate to tell you this, but it's not because of COVID. But it's okay. I have a quick answer to your problem. Go into your kitchen, open your pantry, and see what coffee's in there. If it's anything other than Invader Coffee, the answer to your question is yes. Yes, you have been living a lie. Well, There's a simple fix to your problem. Take that other coffee, go outside, and dump it into a plant. Better yet, just huck it into the trash can. After that, head over to Invader's website and check out some of their amazing blends. They have everything from Mexican chocolate, whiskey, T-Max, seasonal blends, and even the original. If you see something you like, use code JOHNNYLAW at checkout to save 15% on your order. Invaders based out of Austin, Texas. They are a veteran-owned business that offers quality coffee and fast shipping. And I will personally say that I have yet to find a better coffee. Oh, Matt, peace. Thanks for for coming on, man. And uh, yeah, how you doing? I'm great, brother. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Been busy, but kind of good busy. Can't complain. Right on. How was that? How was Utah? It was cool, dude. Utah is booming right now. I cannot believe it. Um, just all the development and it seems like all the, just all the money in that place, but it, it was good. There's still like a lot of, um, outdoor recreation and, and stuff there and, and Mormons. So, <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Have you, did you say you've been before? Not really. No? I went to the, uh, okay. I went to the four corners a few years ago, but I didn't like to do explore it. So it doesn't really count. Yeah. 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 Um, no, there's definitely some cool stuff there. I'd love to go to some of the national parks there. Um, and visit maybe this summer yeah dude but but uh yeah what about you You enjoying your off season man um i've been uh so i uh, work for the forest service as a uh, forestry technician but uh, most people don't really know what that is so uh, (laughs) i'm a a wildland firefighter um and i had a really great season you know we were super busy um i traveled pretty much all over california we went all the way to klamath um, just to get turned around and sent back down to uh, the Angeles and had a couple gnarly fires there. Um, got three off forest assignments, probably got, I don't know, 20 to 30 legit fires on the book. Um, a lot of overtime. They extended us out until the end of December. So it was good, man. Um, and with that being said, it was really nice to get laid off for a little bit to kind of just chill out. Um, and here I are, bet. Was that go ahead. 20, 20 to 30 fires in one season? Yeah, about that. Um, and now, wow. now we're talking like a very vast range of like very small fires to full-blown like campaign fires. I mean, gotcha. Uh, California broke the record this year. I don't know if, if everybody knows about that, but I mean, we hit a fire that hit over a million acres 
Um, I wasn't on that particular fire at the time. Um, I was on a different one, but uh, they all kind of seemed to just, you know, the whole state's just burning. <laughs> Cal Fire maxed right. out all their resources. You know, um, everybody was just turning and burning. And I know this sounds like kind of wild, but like it was great. Like, I fucking loved it. <laughs> no, I, I, yeah, I think only people that are, um, that are either psychopaths and want to watch the world burn or, uh, or firefighters and that's where they make a living. Yeah. I think only they're the ones that, that appreciate it, which, uh, I talked to other Matt from, uh, the Cal fire, yeah. uh, Matt Soleil. And he was, he sounded like at one point he was pretty tired of working. He's like, I don't even care about the overtime anymore. I just don't want to work anymore. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Good problem there, to have. There's that, uh, for sure. Um, I know I, I actually didn't get to see him. I saw a couple of other guys that we know out there. Um, they're in Cal Fire, but, um, you know, like I got a, so let me back up a little bit. Um, let's, let's tell everybody like kind of how we met and, um, and like the progression that this got to, because honestly, you were the first person that I met in this fire journey that was like, I'm going into the forest service. I'm going to be a wildland firefighter. And I was like, what, like, what's this all about? So maybe we can like start off on that and then build into the end of the journey of like where I'm at now with it. What do you think about that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. Bring, bring it back. Um, I didn't know how much time you had tonight. So yeah, I was going to kind of ask just, just stuff that you've told me, uh-huh. but I don't have the sharpest memory, but just out of curiosity um, and we could always do a part two, but yeah, yeah. I was going to ask about like what made you join the Navy, stuff like that. But no, for, uh, for time purposes, cause I know you got something to do. <laughs> This evening. Yeah, let's start back to to uh, fire. And like, I, I'm curious what what made you decide to because uh, I know you were doing you were doing it was you, you sparked the <laughs> I, interest in it uh, for the wildland stuff. I remember. Um, right. So we met in at Miramar College in their fire academy program. And there was a class called truck company operations. And I remember you right away because you had a sticker that was um, half face blades. And by the way, I have one of those knives now. Um, and, and I just remember being like, dude, I know that, you know, like, who are you? What's up, man? Like, and we introduced each other and uh, I ended up <laughs> fucking for some crazy reason, like you were a squad leader and I was the class like leader. And then like, like a weekend ago, like, Hey man, I'm not going to be able to like be in class today. I'm like, Oh, it's all good, man. And then we saw each other at the bar that night and you're like, Oh, like shit. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I don't care. Like, it's not a big deal. And I think that's where. Oh yeah, that was at a at space that was bar. At space yeah, or I was. Yeah, space. Bar. I went there last night and got some tacos. As a matter of fact, um, little side, nice. little side I miss, bar. I miss that place. Yeah, man. Uh, everything here is super <laughs> weird, man. Like all the bars are like closed, and then you know with COVID, they'll, they'll be closed, but then there's outdoor dining, and then they'll close it again, and then they'll open it up, and it's just been crazy. But anyway, I digress. Uh, we yeah. met. <laughs> we met there at Miramar, and. Uh, we were both on the same path. We graduated the academy together and you were the very first person I met that was like full blown. Like I'm not going structure. I'm going wildland and particularly the U S forest services. And that's what kind of got my head going in that direction. And then once we uh, graduated from Miramar, um, I got a contact at in the U S forest service to join their type two hand crew which is called Crew 5 or Descanso Crew 5. Right. So I reached out to that person, um, and that was literally the first place I, I guess, applied to or reached out to. 
and that was the first place that like got back to me um about like yeah you know like send us your info and and you know we're gonna have this training coming up in the in between the time we graduated and the time that the crew five training began i did um a volunteer thing um at the julian kuyamaka volunteer fire department um and if you know these listeners right now don't really know what that's all about but basically it's just a really cool area in California, in Southern California. It's like in the mountains. Um, Julian and Quimac has a nice lake. Um, and then they have a volunteer fire protection district there. And I, I volunteered for a few months with a few other guys at Miramar. And during that time, there was this big like vote on whether the citizens of Julian and Quimaca wanted the volunteer service to be there or if they wanted Cal Fire to be there. Well, Cal Fire won that vote. And man, like, I'm not going to get into it too much, but it got crazy, like, on both yeah. ends. It got crazy on both ends. And we were brand new. Like, we just, like, joined up and, like, became volunteers for Julian Quimaca. And then all of a sudden, it's like, Cal Fire's taking over. Like, they're the, they're the empire, you know. They're this evil, like, you know, state-ran uh, fire department. And honestly, I have nothing but nice things to say about the guys. Um, but yeah. at the time being so brand new it was super awkward um and luckily luckily when um cal fire took over julian quimac volunteer protection district um i had gotten picked up with with uh, the u.s forest services with that crew five so i didn't go with either one of them you know like i didn't even pick a side i just picked the the road less traveled i guess and uh right and then that's kind of where it all where my career as a forestry technician in the u.s forest service all began <laughs> right on and that yeah that i remember uh i didn't get involved with that but that's just kind of funny to think like here you know here we all are just trying to get a foot in the door any way we can with fire We're like hey you, you know you kind of got to volunteer you got to check these boxes mm-hmm. and i just want experience i don't care how i get it and then you start volunteering at julian <laughs> you're making this long drive on you know on your own time on your own money and then yeah to have all this this big <laughs> I wasn't involved, obviously, but I, I, I was hearing kind of rumors and it sounded like it was getting pretty ugly. And I know some people were making jokes of like, yeah, some of the, the longtime volunteers are threatening to put concrete down the drains and whatnot. Oh, like, dude. Oh my God. You know, and, yeah. and I don't want to like, <laughs> I don't want to say much about that. Um, right. I will say none of that happened, but like <laughs> there was just some like really like off the wall shit that was going on that I was like, whoa, dude, like, and honestly, that kind of rolled over um, into like an interview. This is an uh, interesting point. Um, I was at the Chula Vista uh, Fire Department interview, and I had made it all the way through the captain's interview into the battalion chief's interview and, and scored 100% on both those. I got to the, like, the head chief interview with the two like, deputy assistant chiefs. So there's these uh-huh. three like, you know, salty chiefs. And in that interview, I'm thinking I'm good to go, bro. I'm like, dude, I'm going to be a Chula Vista firefighter. Like, this is it. Like, I got this. They asked me about that. They asked me about, um, you know, about my experience with Julian and with the Cal Fire takeover. And, like, I was like, what do I say? Like, like there's such a random question, man. And, I'm, you know, I was just like, well, I tried to stay professional. You know, I, I just did my job the best of my abilities. And, like, I don't know if, like, they were searching – like you know the right answer or if they were digging for some but it even now like speaking about this looking back on like dude what an awkward 
<laughs> a very awkward situation for a young man to like I'm trying to be a firefighter and like like all this political you know like mm-hmm. like just bullshit man like and, and it's just kind of like a precursor it's like a precursor to like what was to come you know it's like the the later like the election this year and all this stuff man it's just yeah it's been heavy but anyway yeah um so do you think that was did you end up getting an offer from Chula Vista? Or, I did not. You got pretty, I did not. Man. Do you think? Um, do you think that played any role in it, or do you? Um, do you? Did you think that far into it? Maybe, but here's what I will say for sure: when I walked out of that captain's interview, the very first one, I was like, "I'm in." I had those. <laughs> I had those captains laughing, dude. Like I, like, <laughs> I felt so like good and confident and comfortable, um, and like you know, I just was easy talking like boom 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 like you know just felt good with the battalion chiefs it was a little bit more edgy but i nailed my like um like the conclusion you know like when after like do you have anything else to say and i just dropped this bomb on them and they're like dude like like yes and then (laughs) with those guys like they just cut me off they're like well you know that's about it and i'm like but i have something to say (laughs) uh i've been rehearsing and as i was walking to my car you know i was in my suit and my tie and i was kind of loosening up my suit and i i i said this out loud i was like nope i didn't get it and i knew it i just knew i didn't i i didn't feel good i i stumbled my words a bit like I repeated myself way too many times. I think I yeah. said, I won't let you down probably seven times. <laughs> and like, it just was, it was just an awkward experience, man. <laughs> um, he, he asked me, he straight up said, tell me about your friends and what would they say about you? And I was like, oh my God, you mean like all my wild party animal friends and like, or, or, or are you talking about like my like very good down to earth, hardworking firefighter buddies, or or all of the in between? Like, geez, man, you know. Yeah, that that's something I never understood about some of those interviews. Is you could just get some super narcissistic person that like squeezes through the cracks, and they did a good interview. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, what do you what are you really get now with that stuff? Like, I get asking some of that stuff, and like I've been getting a couple of background checks for people lately, and they like they ask you about this person's work ethic and that, you know, would you trust this person to be a, a public service worker? And I'm like, yeah, of course. Like I, like, dude, like most of these people I would trust with my own kids. So of course I'd trust with them for like, Oh, speaking um, of kids, let's talk about that. <laughs> what did yeah, you I'll, do, man? <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, Next your wallet's yeah. missing and your daughter's knocked up. I've seen it <laughs> a thousand times. times. <laughs> so fantastic. Uh, uh, I'll get to, I'll, sure, yeah, I will yeah, get yeah. to that in just a second, Got but it. um, yeah, I feel like I we'll have to do a part two because I have sure. so much other stuff I want to I want to ask you that we'll just go down a rabbit hole with. Um, That's fine. I like rabbits. So, and I like <laughs> so has that out of curiosity? Then just while I'm thinking of it, has that kind of changed your perspective on going uh, municipal fire? Is that something you still want to do, or did it um, kind of shift your gears great, to, great to maybe question. just? Um, I got lucky, I think. Um, because, you know, I got picked up with the Forest Service. Um, I hit it off well with the uh, the cadre that were, like, the Descanso Crew 5. So let me kind of, like, talk about that a bit. In the Forest sure. Service, there's not just, like, one thing. There's actually quite a few things that are going on there. Um, first of all, the Forest Service, it's the Department of Agriculture. So it's a government, you know, agency. Um, and within the Forest Service, the main goal is to protect the national forest. So um, I work for uh, the Cleveland National Forest. 
And um, within the Cleveland National Forest, which is the most southwestern forest we have on the uh, contiguous United States. So, and then I work on the southernmost district in that forest called the Descanso Ranger District. Um, and in that, there's some things going on there. So you've got a type two hand crew, which is basically like 20 guys using hand tools, chainsaws to just dig line and to make a uh, fuel break to just stop the fuel so the fire will stop burning. And then you step it up to like there's engine crews. So you've got, you know, the fire truck, what everybody sees. Um, but ours aren't red like the typical engines you see. They're green. And they're the type three engines, which have more of like a like a brush capability. Not necessarily all of them are four-wheel drive, but, you know, they can get out and get, it, get in the muck a little bit more. Um, right. And then, then there's uh, the hot shots. Those are the guys that, you know, are hand crew, but they go and fight the fire directly. Um, with, like, they'll go to the hottest part of the fire. And I got lucky to, enough to go work with those guys, uh, le- not last season, but the season before last. Um, and then there's, you can start moving up the tiers into, like, now you've got helicopters. you got guys that do helitac, you know, you got the repellers, and then you got smoke jumpers. Um, so I went from being on that Type 2 hand crew for only, like, a couple of days, man. I went through the, I went through their training. And then about a month later, we got activated. And on our like third day of being activated, they were like, they pulled me to the side. I honestly thought I was in trouble. You know, whenever you like hear your name get called, when the principal calls you, like John Lawson to the principal's office, like, oh, shit. You know, and and nobody calls me Matthew. It's either like Matt or Peace. Um, And I hear somebody say like, um, is Matthew Peace here? And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, and, and, and I was thinking, cause we were like making fun of this kid earlier. Um, <laughs> so so let, let me go back a little bit. Um, so in the forest service, like a big thing is like hiking with all your gear and you're, and you're like, you know, going up, you know, very steep terrain and it's super hot. Um, and we, we hike a lot with our PT hikes. Well, there was this one kid, man. Um, I don't want to like drop any names, but he just wasn't cutting it. And there was also a female that was in our group that like, just, they weren't cutting it. If you, you know, whatever you want to say about them, that just wasn't happening. So of course, you know, you get a bunch of alpha males together and like the, the guy that's like doing the weakest, like if they're doing a, like a, a shitty job, but like they're giving it, you know, that effort, like everybody's going to like be like, yeah, rock and roll, man. Like keep it up. But like, yeah. this dude was super cocky and like would always be bragging and talking like game and this and that. And then he'd be like, Oh, cramp, medic. Oh, like, dude, we've been walking for like three minutes. It's not like we're like, you know, sprinting, uh, you know, a tough mutter or something like that. Yeah. So, you know, some of us were giving us some shit. And um, I thought I was like going to get talked to because I made a comment. And one of the guys, one of the cadre heard us. Um, and then, you know, so they put me in the office. And this, the main guy who coincidentally, fast forward, is now like my engineer. Um, I work, I work for him now. Um, he pulled me in the office. He's like, Hey, um, you know, would you want to go to an engine? Um, like, Whoa, like really me? Like I, I thought I was in trouble, man. <laughs> like, um, and like, and, and it's just essentially a promotion. Like you def- you're like, you're getting to move up into like a different thing. Um, and I had a lot of mixed emotions because like, I really wanted to stay with my group of friends and I wanted to like kind of get hard and like be on that type two hand crew and like, Cause it's, it's tough work, man. Like, I mean, 
you're out there, you know, working 16 hour days, cut in line, just it's backbreaking work. Um, right. You can watch, you can watch movies about it. You can see, you can read books. It's one of the hardest jobs there is. And I wanted that, but my ultimate goal since I was a little kid was I want to drive the truck. <laughs> I want to, I want to, that's it. Like I want to drive. I've, I've always been a driver um, <laughs> I drive. and I, I, I want to drive, man. And like, when they're like, do you want to go an engine? I was just like, yes, like absolutely. And um, they told me where that engine location was going to be where the station was. And it was in Pine Hills, California, which is very close to Julian and Queen Mecca where my wife and I got married like the year before that. And I was like, wow, like how serendipitous is this? Like, yeah, you know, like, like my goals are manifesting like literally right now. And like this dude's just like offering me this job. And like, I had to like kind of hold back my emotions a little bit. I was like, Holy fuck, dude, like this is badass. Like I'm so stoked. Well, it's funny, man. Cause it was like, like a almost, it was about a 50 minute drive, like up a mountain one way and then back down a mountain the other way, you know, so 50 minutes to get there, 50 minutes to get home five days a week, bro. In eight weeks of working there, because um, I was I was just scabbing on as an AD, <laughs> bro. I blew the motor in my wife's Kia Rio, Ooh. and I blew the transmission <laughs> in my old Honda Civic, <laughs> just to be making like pretty much minimum wage, just to get like you know that fire experience. <laughs> and had I stayed on with the guys at Crew Five, I would have been able to carpool and never have to drive my car anyway. Um, but I digress, man. Um, from there, I uh, got picked up. I got picked up from, so I went from Crew 5, and then I went and worked at Pine Hills on that engine for like eight weeks, got some really good experience, um, met a couple other really cool guys that I'm still friends with now. Um, you know, they mentored me a lot, kind of got me ready, and then while I was there at Pine Hills for those eight weeks, I got picked up to go to the Alpine engine, and I got a seasonal position. So I literally went from being in uh, on, on the Type 2 hand crew as an administratively determined employee, which is not like a real paid employee. Like you get paid, but it's not like you get the benefits mm -hmm. from the government. Mm -hmm. So I went from being an, a, a type two AD to getting on an engine as a AD, then to getting on an engine as a seasonal. And then that, that happened in 2019. Uh, finished that season out, had a really good season. And then I moved stations for last season so 2020 season and uh, i went to the cottonwood station and that station's known for like having a very like um i don't want to call him strict but a, a, a captain that really thrives on PTing, physical training um and everybody's like oh dude like you're fucked you're going to camp crailing or you're going to be a cottonwood killer and like because like you know, his PTs are really hard. Like the hikes are really hard. And I, I was like, yes, that's what I want. Like I, I want to go there. So I, I ended up doing a full blown season with Cottonwood and some of the, like the, some of the best wildland firefighters that I've ever met in my life. Um, and I learned so much, man. So this, to kind of to put this whole story together, like that, that last season was great, man. Like we got three all force assignments. We, you know, one of the busiest fire seasons ever with a really all amazing captain, uh, you know, shit hot engineer, a great AFEO, a great crew. Um, but one of my fellow like backseat firefighters was a five year hot shot. Um, you know, the AFEO was a hot shot and a helitech guy. Um, Chris, our engineer, he was a hot shot. Tim was like a, a crew boss for the hot shots. 
Uh, I think he, I think he's a lot for like eight years. So just a lot of experience, you know, a lot of good opportunities to learn. And um, I'm happy to admit, man, like I held my own and uh, I, I got a little banged up here and there, but like, you know, I, I made it through a whole fire season with one of the toughest engine crews unscathed. So, um, you know, I'm proud of myself for that. And it was rad. Yeah. And is that where you think you'll stay there for a while? Or are you going back there next um, season? I am definitely going back there next season um, because I feel like I need to learn some more because um, there's just so much to learn, man. Every day is a learning experience. Yep. Um, and I want to get my firefighter one. Um, so you start off backwards. Um, so in like uh, structure municipal, like you get your firefighter one, right? And then once you get your firefighter one, you work on getting your firefighter two. Well, it's, it's opposite in the uh, forest service. You start off as a type two firefighter and then you've got to get, you know, get your um, quals and you got to get certified as a, as a type one firefighter. So I'm working on that currently. Um, so hopefully next season I get it and then um, check back in with my wife and um, kind of see where I'm at with, you know, her and her. Um, so my wife's going to school to be a physical therapist and she's almost done. And, um, you know, we don't have any kids yet. We've been together for over three years now. Um, going to see um, if I can, I'm going to go to the hot shots and uh, do that and then figure it out from there. But um, as of right now, the next move is just to go back to uh, the same engine I was on and, and keep kicking ass and uh, get that leadership position and, and try to be a firefighter one. And then um, kind of see how it goes. And then uh, if I can, I, I, want, I want to be a hot shot for sure mm-hmm. and do that for a while. Um, and then, you know, shit, man, I'm 37 now. So, and, and I tell people, they're like, dude, you're 37. You're trying to be a hot shot. I'm like, man, I met, I met dudes that are like, you know, in their forties that are hot shots. It's, yeah. it's, it's just about, you know, you're, if you got a young spirit, you know, <laughs> if, if you've got the energy and if you've got support from your family and, and I do, I'm lucky for that. My wife's great. Um, it's just, I want to be able to support her back, you know? So yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I think that's the biggest part is that time away. And yeah, if you're not with somebody that's cool with, I, I can't say for California cause there's never a firefighter out there, but there were definitely um, a lot of times over the summer where I'd be like, Hey, I'm going out to Lolo. So I'm going to lose service. And uh, mm-hmm. we're, we're just, we're just um, checking on a fire. That's already that, that we're already done with, you know, like we're just checking on it. And then another fire pops off and I'm gone for like a week or two, like no text, yeah. no nothing. So yeah, that, that sometimes does take somebody that's like, well, well I'm sure everything's fine. And I'll, like they'll be back in a few days or in a couple of weeks at the most. So, um, right. yeah, that I know that can be kind of tough. So that's cool, man. I'm stoked for you. And I'm stoked that you're liking the, the forest service and yeah, getting all that experience that you want. And that's, that was a funny thing to me t- to see, you know, like from structure fire of just like this coveted job, you know, and it is a great job. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. I'm not taking anything away from mm-hmm. that. I, I always, admired firefighters and what they do. And yeah, it's, it's a cool job. Do you drive around in a truck helping people and get to use all the cool tools and <laughs> um, all the cool equipment and whatnot and, and go home to at least a bed every night. But I'm also, there's times where you're just like, some of these guys need to check their egos, dude. Cause I feel like even just one season of wildland, you see way more fire than some people might see in years working for a, a, a municipal department. And that could be, that could definitely be debatable, but that's just kind of how I saw it after doing wildland. It's funny you say that, man. Um, 
I'd, I'd already knocked out a full-blown season, you know, doing Wildland. And I was back in Cincinnati, Ohio. I grew up in northern Kentucky, um, which is right across the river from Cincinnati, Ohio. And uh, my sister currently lives there. She still lives there. Um, and I was visiting her. And uh, we were going from her place to a bar that's, like, right next to a Cincinnati fire department. And um, there was, like, a dog bowl sitting outside of the fire department. I was like, that's so cool, like, that, you know, the firefighters are thinking about the people walking their dogs, that they have a, you know, a water dish out there. And um, a gentleman walked out, and he wasn't wearing a uniform exactly that showed it, like, any collar insignias. Um, So I didn't know, you know, if he was a firefighter, engineer, captain, chief, whatever. And I just kind of nodded at him and, like, you know, said, hey, how's it going, sir? And uh, he just kind of, like, like looked at me like I was like a fucking, you know, a nobody, which, to, to, you know, I guess who, who am I really? You know, like just if I don't know somebody, but I was just like, I'm just trying to be cool, man. Yeah. Like, you know, like, and I'm not, I'm not like wearing a shirt that says, hi, I'm a firefighter as well. Yeah. Should we be friends? Yeah. You know, I just wanted to kind of be like, hello, good to see you. Like, thank you for doing that. Like, yeah. And he just, he was kind of being a prick about it. Um, but then my, my, my brother puts me in perspective. I was like, well, dude, like think about, what's literally right next door to the fire station. It's a bar. You're going to that bar. He probably just thinks you're another drunk asshole, you know, that he's probably going to have to give CPR to later on. Like, <laughs> we're doing too much smack in the bathroom. You know, like, like geez. it's like, okay. And I get that. And like, I, I might've been, and then you think about yourself, like, uh, oh, I'm sure there's been a time in my life where I've been a little standoffish to just a, a person that I didn't know. Yeah. So, you know, um, yeah, it's all about perspective. Totally. And that, yeah, I, I, I at first I'd kind of agree with you of that perspective of like, what's this guy's fucking problem. But then you really, you have yeah. no idea what kind of calls he had for the day. Yeah. What, yeah. what, no idea what kind of, maybe somebody keeps getting drunk and stealing shit from the department or something. <laughs> and he's just like, or maybe he just, <laughs> that goddamn dog bowl. Yeah. They're stealing yeah, his dog bowl. And like, I'm giving him light through him off. And he was like, is this guy, yeah. you know, kind of, uh, is this guy patronizing me or what? You never know what's yeah. really got yeah, going yeah. on in their head. But um, I will say this, man. Um, you know how we volunteered at the um, Firehouse Museum in, in down like in Little Italy, San Diego. I've met a lot of really uh, like cool firefighters there, um, and you know, like they come in, they're like kind of broed out, you know, with their flat bill hats and their and their vans and their flip flops, and like you know, San Diego has that vibe. Um, but like every single one of them. Again, we had a little technical difficulty. But, yeah, uh, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep going right where I left off. Um, talking about the firehouse museum and, and meeting all the uh, San Diego firefighters, um, I had so many good interactions with pretty much every single San Diego firefighter that I've ever met, um, whether it was at Miramar or at um, the firehouse museum or with the ride-alongs, like uh, station visits that I did, um, and you know. Um, getting to know firefighters and one wanting, wanting to become a firefighter. You see that, um, that, that mentality, you know, you see a lot of like the alpha, um, you know, maybe a little ego involved, you know, maybe a little tough guy thing, maybe a little, I don't know, whatever. But, um, I, I was very impressed with pretty much all of the structure firefighters that I've met, um, so far now granted there's been some cases that weren't so great but um with that being said with the wildland guys man i i feel a little bit more at home with them and right i think it's because you know i grew up in kentucky 
Um, I've got more of like a wild man mentality. Uh, you know, I, and I'm not like trying to say that like I'm bragging about myself. It's just, no, I think I'm, I, think I fit that mold a little bit better than the city firefighter guy. Um, yeah. For now, anyhow. Yeah. No, I'm just laughing because, yeah, I can totally picture you running moonshine and <laughs> snorting, shooting, <laughs> choking, drinking, having a good That's so funny you say that, man. Um, one of my good buddies, who uh, he's, he's a firefighter one, um, and uh, he, he's, I work with him. He's, he's taught me a lot. Um, he lives out kind of far out east, and um, he's still working right now. Um, now that I'm, I'm laid off, he's still there. He hit me up. Uh, he's like, hey, man, I need you to pick me up something, dude. I found this on Offer Up. Can you go get it? He's like, you know, um, I'll, I'll give you, like, extra money to get it. I'm like, yeah, sure. And then I look at the link, and it's a fucking moonshine still. <laughs> I'm like, right on, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's funny you say that um, because, uh, you know, we like to have a good time. Um, and uh, with that being said, you know, um, if there, there's something, like, you know, about balance there. Um I think a lot of firefighters or military or police officers, you know, like that's a great way to let loose is drinking alcohol. Yeah. um, For myself, uh, this month, uh, I know we're only seven days into it, but I'm I'm doing a little sober, sober February. And uh, I did it for a couple of reasons. A, mainly because February is the shortest month of the year. (laughs) You know, so like, you know. You got to start small, man. (laughs) Yeah, 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 baby steps, baby steps. The one thing I learned about, what about Bob is uh, baby steps. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, You know, one of my favorite things about you, dude? What's that? We always were able to, like, communicate through, like, movies. And our movie (laughs) humor has always been great. And uh, our, uh, our, I don't know, man. Like you, you you'll say something like, and I'm like, I know what he's talking about. And then, like, I'd say like 80% of the class, which who are mostly younger than us anyway, like just completely over their heads. Like they're like, yeah, what are they talking about? Like it's dumb and dumber or it's like Tommy boy or it's, you know, something funny that how do you not know of? Yeah, dude. And that is something I appreciate about you too. And I've only had like maybe a handful of people in my life that, yeah, you can just do that random you know, whatever you want to call it, banter or movie quotes with, uh-huh. and they get it or just pick up. And yeah, there's so many times that, like you said, either in the Academy or just on a daily basis, I'll whatever, some movie quote pops in my head. That's just how my brain works. I wish I had more relevant things pop in my head or like, mm-hmm. let, let's talk about nuclear fission for a second. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like it's, I appreciate it when somebody else gets it. Cause other than that, I'm just like, Oh, nobody gets this. And I look like a fucking moron. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Oh my God, dude. It's so crazy. You're like, well, uh, anyway, um, it, it was going to lead me to the point where you, uh, you asked me a few questions and, um, one of the questions you asked me was what was my favorite Chris Farley movie? Yep. And, um, and you know, like a lot of people would right away, like you know tommy boy which it's a classic there's so many hits in that um and then like even um was it black sheep that he was in that was great um but one of i guess my my favorite 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 one that he's in is almost heroes do you remember that one where he (laughs) and matthew perry are racing lewis and clark to the west coast and he is just a scoundrel do you remember that <laughs> yeah <laughs> that I, the... is probably my absolute favorite one that he's in um and then i say like a close runner-up he doesn't have a big part in it but he's in dirty work with norm mcdonald 
and he's, he's his name is Jimmy. He got his nose bit off by the Saigon horse. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "You bastard!" <laughs> I've never seen that one. Oh my gosh! Dude, dirty work. It's a, you know, it's a B-rated film. It's got Norm Macdonald in it, and um, it's also got shit. What's his name? Um, it's got Chevy Chase in it. Huh. Um, it's got another funny, couple other funny guys in it. Anyway, um, what he does is he does like a revenge for hire business so he can get some money so his dad like can pay for his hospital bills or whatever. I don't know. It's super funny, man. But um, I was thinking about that uh, that movie, Almost Heroes, because um, there's a part in the movie where Matthew Perry, he's like this very you know wealthy, educated, um, you know person that wants to go and and see the west coast and explore but he doesn't really know shit about it so he needs he needs this like you know frontiersman that can like speak to the natives and like guide him down a river and, and that's chris farley's character well chris farley can't read <laughs> so <laughs> matthew perry is teaching him how to read and he's like all right you know and you see chris farley's all fat and he's got like his little like little like frontiersman like brown leather suit on with his hair slicked over he's all like a little schoolboy he's like and the math period like shows him with a chalkboard the uppercase letter a <laughs> i know exactly <laughs> what you're going he's like the lowercase letter a is like, god do you want my head to explode yeah. <laughs> well my my brother and i are a lot like that like brian uh he's younger than i you know went to princeton very smart um but we're super like like joke You there? Yeah. Can uh, you hear me? Yeah. Somebody's fucking calling me right now. Who the hell is calling? I'm on a podcast. Don't you guys? <laughs> um, anyway. I should get better equipment. Yeah, man. One of these days we'll get there. So uh, now we can drop our sponsor right now. <laughs> Brought to you by blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah. So your your brother went to Princeton, yeah, but he's, he's uh, very smart. He's you know, sitting... he lives in Denver. Um, and we always joke around, like, because, like, he'll start talking about, like, music. He's very into music. And so am I. But, like, he'll get on this level about, like, synthesizers and, like, you know, like, oh, and, this, and the production of this song, it's really interesting because you can hear Danny Carey from Tool. He's actually using a different type. I'm like, oh, and I start acting like that scene out. You want my head to explode? Yeah. Enough for the day. I was going to say, does he say, for the love of God. The name of all that is totally and good. <laughs> So my other favorite part is the one you would always do the um how about a how about a drink or whatever a drink it shall be i fear it he goes i better not i fear inebriation might cause me to forget my manners in such fine quarters and then the gentleman goes i'm not talking about getting blind drunk man just having a drink and he goes well then a drink it shall be and he downs the whole bottle he goes, that's so good man and like yeah it's funny man because whenever you tell people like hey like i'm gonna be sober it's such a thing you'd be like whoa why like what's going on like oh, oh, oh. like sober sure like like are you sure you don't are, are you we're having a super bowl party but we didn't want to invite you because you know we, we just don't want you to be around and i'm like jesus christ guys like I'm, not, I'm, I'm i'm all right it's just a choice that i'm making um for a lot of reasons um and i can start getting kind of deep with you right now about it um i'd say like the main main reason is like you know i've I just want to have better relationships uh, in my life um, with my wife, of course, and uh, with, you know, everybody that I am around. Um, and I know that there's been times in my life where 
alcohol wasn't a problem until it was you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i was just having a great time and next thing you know i offended somebody or you know i did something that my wife wasn't happy about or i did something that you know i got i was you know argumentative or you know maybe i said a word that i shouldn't have said um and you know the wrong company I, i'm a funny guy you know I, I try to be funny you know and sometimes it comes off the wrong way um yeah and uh you know i'm, I'm getting to jujitsu right now um I, I trained for years um years ago so i started doing jujitsu in like 2002 i think and then when i got in the navy i joined the navy in 2002 also um and then when I got to San Diego, I found a jiu-jitsu place and started training in like 2004. I got my blue belt in 2006. And then I stopped training around 2008, nine. Um, and then I never really got back into it. And um, I met somebody that owns a jiu-jitsu gym. He's a black belt. Um, the place is called Honu, H-O-N-U, Honu, Honu Jiu-Jitsu. Um, awesome place. And uh, I'm I'm just digging it, man. I'm I'm fucking digging it so much that I, I, in like December, you know, I had nothing to do Saturday morning or Sunday morning, and I could have totally went to jujitsu. But the night before, like I drank too much, and I just didn't feel like doing anything the next day. I was like kind of hungover and like lazy, and like that happened a few times. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck, man? Like, why am I being such a pussy? Like, just get up and go. Like, go to jujitsu. But like. What people don't think about is like, it's not just being hungover. Like, my like serotonin levels are low. Like, I'm depressed. I don't want to get out of bed. Like, Damn. I've got I've got mental issues that are keeping me from wanting to even like do anything. You know what I mean? And um, wow. And like, th- there's there, there's that, um, you know. And there's been times where like, you know, I've I've just not been in a good place in my life and i know alcohol is not fucking helping that and then kind of the cherry on top that's just the, the overlying thing is my dad died uh only like three months ago he died in october of uh chronic ethanol abuse which is alcohol um abuse and wow. i found out this shit like okay so imagine this october i think it was like october 10th or something like that or october 12th I was on a fire up uh, near like Porterville or my bad uh, near Porterville, three rivers, kind of like right by the um, Sequoia national park. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, it was, it was a bitching fire, man. Um, we, we were actually pretty lucky because we didn't have to stay the night, like, like out in a tent. Like we were able to go to a hotel, like we were eating dinner, like in a, in a comfortable environment. And my, and mind you, this was the ver- the third fire of the season for us. So I'd already done mm. two before, two off horse assignments before this. So it was kind of nice. Like we were in a very like beautiful area. We were at the Lone Sequoia Ranch. Um, this really beautiful like creek was going through the property. There was like this one sequoia that normally like when you see sequoias, there's a, a kind of like a lot of them around. But this right. this one particular sequoia tree was like all by itself, and it was the only sequoia tree to grow under like the 5,000 foot elevation range, I think. Wow. Um, So it's just a very, very like wonderful area. And then we were working at that lone Sequoia ranch 
And that was right off of this road called South Fork Road. Well, I grew up in Kentucky in the middle of nowhere on South Fork Road. Like, you know, like I've, I've, I'm 37 years old. I've been all over the United States, except for obviously Utah and Montana, but I've been over a lot of places. <laughs> I've never seen a South Fork Road in my life until then. I'm like, oh, wow, it's South Fork Road. How wonderful is this? You know, this cool place. And then, um, you know, it was, a, it was just a badass time. And then we were probably like four or five days into the, into the trip. Um, I'm working on my firefighter one, you know, we're, we're, we're getting some good work in and, uh, I get a phone call from my cousin and I'm in the engine, but the engine's parked and we're uh, waiting to, um, go to briefing morning brief. And then he texts me and he says, emergency, call me back. And right then I knew exactly what he was going to tell me. So I Fuck. get out. I get out of my truck. I, I'm like, hey, I need to get out. Like, I'm, I gotta, I gotta make a phone call. And I told one guy, I was like, uh, it's kind of like, hey, this, this, he said it's emergency. So, and they're like, yeah, go ahead. So I go over there, kind of, you know, about, I don't know, 100, 150 yards away from the engine because I knew I was gonna start crying. And I, I knew, I literally knew it. I, I'd been waiting for this phone call for probably two years. And boom, there it was. My cousin telling me, your dad is. He said, your old man's dead. Sorry, buddy, your old man's dead, and uh, and I and I, I I you know of course got sad, and I, I I was like right then and there I was like dude I knew it I knew it was coming, because like I've been reaching out to him more and more and more than I had been in the past like year, um, right. so I think like in March he and I talked like around the beginning of COVID, um, had a, had a decent conversation um, I knew he'd been having some issues but. It is what it is. Every time I saw him, he looked worse and worse. Um, then uh, Eddie Van Halen died. Eddie Van Halen died. And I called him. I called my dad, who was like the biggest Eddie Van Halen fan ever. I called him like three or four times. And the phone just rang and rang and rang. And then about a week later, I got a new truck. I got, well, not a new truck. I got a 2013 Chevy Silverado. My dad always had Chevy Silverados. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I wanted to call him and tell him about the truck. And, it, and I, I called him, I probably called him 15 times, like around like the three weeks before I found out he died. And this isn't the first time in my life where I had a feeling about some person that something happened to. Mm-hmm. Or, or, and I'm not like, you know, saying I'm some kind of weird fucking shaman or something. But I just, <laughs> I, I, and, I'm not, you know, like hippy dippy kind of thing, but you know, we're connected. We are connected in this universe um, somehow, some way, like whether you believe in God or, or, you know, whatever it is, like he, that man made me with my mom. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and I could feel something like there was a disturbance in the force. Let's put it like that. Yeah. I could feel it. And I, and I knew it. So I was reaching out to him trying to like help him, you know? And a few months or a few years before, like I even like picked him up and carried him out of his home and against his will, I carried him and put him into a van. We took him to the hospital and like tried to make him get treatment uh, and it just didn't work. Um, He went right back home and right back to the bottle. Um, So with all that being said, you know, I'm not trying to make this a pity story. Where I am in my life right now, I'm 37 years old, you know, I got a wife, I'm I got all these things that I'm, I'm very happy about. Like uh-huh. I'm not a materialist. I'm not a materialistic person about things, 
but I have like these passions like jujitsu. Um, you know, I, I, I co-own a CrossFit gym with my wife and a couple other people. Um, you know, I, I have responsibilities to that. Um, you know, I got really fortunate getting on with the force service as a firefighter. Um, I met this awesome person that kind of pulled me back into jujitsu and like, I'm feeling like I'm getting really fucking good at it like quickly because I'm remembering everything I learned and this guy's teaching me really well. And, uh, you know, I just want to be alive longer to enjoy, you know, my life. Um, you know, I don't have any kids yet. Um, and I want to, I want to have kids and I want to see those kids grow. And like, I want my mom to see my kids grow and like, you know, my brother and my sister, they're, they're married and engaged. And, you know, we're, we're, we're like right now about to like, you know, grow the peace family tree, like a couple limbs. And, um, I want to do that. And I know that if I keep drinking, nothing good's going to come from it. Right. So that's kind of where I'm at with that whole story. Um, and I feel good, man. Uh, I really do. Um, I'll be honest. I, I, I've had a couple nights that I was having a hard time sleeping. Um, but that's typical of me anyway, I guess. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really craving alcohol or nothing like that. I'm happy. Well, that, yeah. That that will lead me to my next uh, answer to one of your questions. What is my favorite whiskey? <laughs> oh, I think you, you asked me. Yeah, I should. You, you asked up. me. Nah, dude. It's like I said, man. Like I don't want people to, like this is a me thing, bro. Yeah. Like this isn't a you thing or you know anybody. It, this isn't even a my dad thing. This is only me. Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of times people bitch out, dude. They're like, oh well, you know, this is bullshit. Like I didn't, I didn't get treated right as a kid or put any excuse in that blank right there yeah. and people will use it. And, and I have to, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not um, sitting here on a, on a soapbox, you know, being all like <laughs> righteous here. You know, I know who I am. I know I'm a fuck up. I know like I, I've, I've done wrong and, but I'm just trying to be better. And um, my favorite whiskey is Jameson. <laughs> 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 I love it. But, like, I love Jameson. Um, I'm Irish, you know, well, I'm not Irish, I'm American, but my uh, family came from Ireland probably in the early 1900s, I guess. Uh, uh, my great grand Paul Fitzpatrick, he came from Ireland and moved to Nova Scotia and then came down that way from, from there and moved to Ohio. Um, a lot of people did that because they were, weren't really wanted in uh in like the 13 original colonies because mm-hmm. like they didn't like the irish then um and I, i'm not like trying to be like about that like i don't know a lot of people are like oh i'm irish and like oh, well i'm like no fucking no you're not you ever even been to Ireland? <laughs> you know like like you know you, you are who you are you're american like that's where you live but um i've always like had that pride like i'm proud of of who i am and of that um so like you know i think they kind of try to glamorize that too like they're like irish whiskey you know and like try to make people want to drink that whiskey um and i have also another like you know thing about me i, I live in kentucky bourbon you know mm-hmm. we've got the best bourbon and we, we make bourbon so i'd have to say my best uh my favorite bourbon would be wild turkey um and not just any of the wild turkeys but the wild turkey rare breed um hey man this could be our sponsors <laughs> Jameson. And, and dude i could literally go and tell you all about like how um, the bourbon trail works and how they make 
bourbon. Um, if you ever get a chance, man, you got to check out the bourbon trail. It's super rad. I would love to do um, that. There's a bunch of, there's a lot of distilleries. I mean, like, like if it's bourbon and if it's like on that like trail, you can go and visit it. Um, I visited Woodford Reserve, Wild Turkey, and um, Buffalo Trace. But there's, I think there's like 20 or maybe even more that you can go visit. Um, and it's super interesting and it's super cool. But, um, and, you know, like Leonard Skinner says, I've drank enough whiskey to float a battleship around. <laughs> and I'm just not trying to do that at this very moment. I mean, I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll I'm not going to say I'm going to go back to drinking, but like, I'll get to a point where I'm like, I can have a drink or, yeah. you know, but that... I'm not going to get. Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, but I'll have a drink. <laughs> yeah. I can almost well, do it. <laughs> well, that... <laughs> well, that's what's, that's what, uh, I, I feel like, um, when you have more time, I would love to just dive more into that. Cause yeah, that's a question I've had in my own life and, you know, like with family members, um, first off, dude, I'm sorry, you know, losing your dad this year. I didn't even know, um, until you, yeah, until you uh, just well, told me. Something the, I, yeah. Yeah. Until you just told me the day, but yeah, I don't think you know, I didn't see any posts about it. I, I know you'd been busy with fire and I've just been busy with my own, my own life this year as selfish as that sounds. And yeah, that was the first time I heard well, about no, it. Man, day, you're, so uh, like, you're man. engaged. You're engaged. Uh, you, you got a baby on the way. Things are happening, brother. Things are happening. Yeah, but I, I am sorry for your loss, dude. That's tough. And I appreciate and, that, and yeah, no, str- struggling with addiction. That's that's what I feel like. Man, that is such a, a can of worms to open because um, I wouldn't ever think like you know if somebody like if you were saying like yeah like what I think like Matt has a problem with drinking. I'd be like no, he like he likes to party, and knows how to have fun with it. But the dude gets up and works and goes to the gym, and he's a super busy like active guy. <laughs> so like mm-hmm. yeah, like it, th- that to me is this unanswered question of like, well, what really makes an alcoholic? Like I think of alcohol because like that person that's like not showing up for work, and then they want meth, and then they want the other thing, to, <laughs> and they just go down this horrible, oh. horrible rabbit hole. It's- yeah, I mean, that is the, like, peak of it, I reckon. But, you know, you got to understand, everyone's different. You yeah. know, like, our chemical makeup is completely different. Like, even siblings, even, like, identical twins, we're, you know, we're not the same. So you got to think, like, we all have our own, you know, things that we have to deal with. And, and different people have different allergies and, you know things affect people in different ways like you know you think genetics and there's just so much to it um and and for one person their problem might not be a problem at all mm-hmm. to the next person um and i and I, I think like you know if uh if anything at all is something that you're not happy with then it's up to you to change it and I, i've said this about people myself i'm like you know, there are people that are unhappy with their life, but they refuse to change it. I'm like, well, I think that can stem down to like a couple things. Um, but I think one of those things, and not all of it, not the like the number one root source, but there's a lot of laziness involved. Like if you know there's a problem and you refuse to change that problem, I bet you there's laziness involved because you're just lazy and you don't want to put the effort in the work or you don't want to go through the withdrawal or you don't want to you know what i mean like and there's there's, i'm sure there's fear there's there's all you know and i'm not a fucking doctor (laughs) i'm not a doctor here (laughs) uh, there's there's just so much involved that um 
it's it's very difficult for like you and me and anybody else to look at somebody and be like, well, well I don't think they have a problem, you know, like it's because because you can't hear the voices in their head, right? Um, and and I I get that, um, and I, I feel sorry for people that you know have have those issues and stuff, and uh, and I know it's hard. Um, I, I've been lucky to have you know a good metabolism. I've never been heavy. Um, you know, but I am short. So there's that. You know? <laughs> Trade-offs, man. Uh, Trade-offs. Yeah. <laughs> Trade-off. I got a little dick. Um, <laughs> uh, and there, there was everybody. Matt Peace, he's standing right there. You can hear it first on Johnny Lawson's podcast. It's not that it's too small. It's too thin. My painted silver looked like a kickstand. <laughs> <laughs> Needle dick. <laughs> no, but I, funny, I admire you for recognizing that in your own life. And that's, that's something that, yeah, like, just this last year, I, I guess it's, you know, being in the spot of being a dad by myself pretty soon. And, you know, my, my dad was an alcoholic, a bunch of my friends, you know, we're all hitting 30 and some of my friends are like, I'm like, Oh shit. Like they're still just drinking and partying and like to the extreme, like not like unhealthy, you know? Oh, um, man, I remember, I remember you were telling me about a uh, relationship that you had and the person that you were in that relationship with, had a problem with it and you had to exit that relationship and I don't want to make get too much into it, but like, that's important, man. Like, um, you have to have the courage to like, let go of that rope that's burning your hands. And like, even if that's not, um, say that that's, that's with yourself, you got to let that part of yourself go. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the same thing. Like I'm, I broke up with a part of myself. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm breaking up and like with, with a breakup, there's always going to be like, you know, some, some issues you'll be, you'll feel lonely or sad about it. But like, it's, it's just some time. It takes time to heal it. Um, and it's like, if, if there's something that's not going well, then fucking fix it. Like, but it's just hard to, yeah. you know? And that, yeah, that's the slippery slope with, um, with booze. There are times even in the, maybe not like, throughout the whole academy but but just sometime around that time i was drinking a lot I th- part of it was because i wasn't super happy with uh, like other aspects of my life and it was mm-hmm. just like kind of what i was around and i was like i was definitely having fun with it but it was like i was almost using it as like a coping mechanism of like oh i'm just gonna go home and like the only way i can relax is like a couple beers in the hot yeah. tub and then just realizing like dude how much more i can get done when i'm not drinking and to the point where i'm now which is interesting that you brought all this up. I didn't, you know, I didn't know you were going sober for the month and stuff like that, but just in my, my own, um, kind of, uh, alcohol relating to my own life. It's yeah. It's like, I hit certain points of my life where I'm kind of like, I I just don't want it to be what I'm about. If that makes sense. Like I, I love alcohol. I love bourbon and and beer and stuff like that, but there's points where I'm just kind of like, I just put it down and I don't even really crave it or I don't want anything to do with it. And I'm like, Oh, if I go, I want a glass of bourbon right now, but I'm also like, I got stuff to do after this. So do I really want to be like tired and worn out? And it it just, it kind of like ruins the, the, like the occasion of it. You know, I just, and yeah, for me, I guess the best way to put it is I, I just don't want that to be what I'm about. Like I like bourbon. If somebody has a good one or like has like a, a good mixed drink or something, I want to have one or two, but it's also like my priorities are priorities are changing. And I feel like I'm playing mm-hmm. catch up on a lot of stuff. Like there's a lot of things I like I want to do and I want to get done and put first and, and drinking just isn't one of them right now. So I don't know if that makes sense, but that's just, no, it, it, I think anybody that's listening to this is like, yeah, it makes sense. Like, 
like, dude's got a baby, you know, like, get, about to get married, like, you know what I mean, like, and then that's just, like, you know, the, on the surface of it, and then I'm sure, like, you've got aspirations, and, you know, you want to do other things, like, like, I was thinking about, um, it's funny, man, like, you know, you'll be up, like, you know, it's, like, one in the morning, you and your buddies are up, like, drinking, and, like, dude, like, dude, like, would it be awesome, like, to go and, like, hike Mount Whitney, and you're, like, fuck yeah, like, let's do it, but then, like, the next day, like, you're all hungover, you're like, oh, man, remember we said we were gonna hike Mount Whitney, like, yeah, fuck that, like, yeah, you know, like, why would I, why would I want to do, like, it's just, it's like, well, if I was sober, and I had the energy, you'd be like, let's do it, you know? Yeah. And yeah, and that's just it. You brought it up earlier too with like the jujitsu. Like you're like, I wanted to go to the gym. It was like a nice Saturday. I had nothing to do, but you you woke up and felt super shitty from drinking, you know? Yeah. So no, I yeah, it's kind of like again back to that, like, well, like, what am I doing? Or what is like what is my end goal? And how is you know, how how is alcohol playing a part in that? If I'm drinking like every night, even if it's just like, oh, it's just one drink or a taste of bourbon. And like some people like yeah, like a glass of wine a night is not going to hurt them at all. Or like a glass of uh, bourbon or scotch or something at the end of the day, probably not going to mm-hmm. affect them. It's not going to affect your runtime or your <laughs> your workouts or anything like that. But that's, I guess that's my question is like with alcoholism and stuff, when does it become a problem of like, oh, now to get up in the morning, I got to have a, a rum and Coke or <laughs> whatever the hell it is. So, um, <laughs> sure, man. I get Anyway, yeah. um, no, I'm, I'm hair of the dog, brother. Yeah, I am glad. I, yeah, I am glad to hear that you're, uh, <laughs> you're, you've just got so much going on, man. That you're enjoying fire and you're enjoying jujitsu and just following things that you're passionate about. And I'm curious to hear, hear more about them. Um, yeah, man. Let's uh, let's keep talking. Um, yeah. Do you? How, know, how, what, what do you want? How go? much? I guess. I was gonna say, how much time do you got? That's what I was gonna ask you. Let's go like 20 more minutes. Okay. So, and then uh, we can talk about whatever you want. All right. The question I always like to ask in the beginning, and it doesn't have to be any particular order, but if I gave you $200,000 today, what would you spend it on? You don't have to spend it today per se, but uh-huh. you can't save it. You can't be like, oh, I'd put it in an investment account or IRA. Uh-huh. So you got to, you pretty much have to blow it, like whether it's on a house. Bitcoin. I buy all the Bitcoin. It's, it, that's a great question, man. And, uh, you know, if you would have asked me this question when I was like, I don't know, like 15 or 20, I'd be like, oh, my Cocaine. God. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. No, I was going to say, like, how much $200,000 was to me then and how little it is to me now. Yeah. Which I know that sounds so, like, crazy, but, like, Right away, when I was like two hundred thousand dollars, one my first thought was I would buy the building in the land, the property that my CrossFit gym is located on, because we rent that space. Mm-hmm. And I, as soon as I was thinking that, I was like two hundred thousand dollars is probably not enough <laughs> for that. You know, I mean, it's not. No. I, I don't think it's en- I don't think it's enough. Um, and, and and it's just so crazy to me. Like that's not <clears throat> enough. Like. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, how is how is that much not enough? Like, we were just kids, like yesterday. Like, twenty bucks was like all you what? needed. Like, and like time has just gone by so fast. And like here you are, like I'm an adult, and like so now, like you say two hundred thousand dollars, and I'm like, well, that's not enough. And it's like, well, what would I do with two hundred thousand dollars? Like, what do I need? And I'm sitting here in my condo. Um, so uh, let me back up a little bit. My wife and I, we uh, bought a condo. Right by Cal's Mountain. You actually saw it. I think you were with me. 
that one day. Remember that we drove by and checked it out. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say I didn't um, get to go inside. It's right across the street from. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're not invited. <laughs> he wouldn't. <laughs> you fucking he lost he boy. He wouldn't. There's garlic everywhere. It's super weird. Put your hands in your pockets. Um, <laughs> you have to invite me in. Um, so it's a really cool spot, man. Um, you know, we have the, we have a condo. It's up on the very top floor. We have three three stories, so we're on the top floor. The balcony looks out at Cal's Mountain. Um, it's a really nice spot, man. Like I'm, I'm very proud of it, and like my my wife. If it wasn't for her, dude, I'd still be living in an apartment. Um, she like helped me break out of my shell on a few things. Um, gosh, I could go into that for a while. I mean, shit. I, honestly, man, I probably would have quit the fire academy on like the third day because I overslept and was like, "Well, fuck it, I overslept." Like, remember? Do you remember feeling like if you were late, like, "Oh my god, that's the end of your career." <laughs> I was like, I was like, "Oh my god!" And hey, guess what? I was hungover because I drank drink that before. <laughs> Here's that full circle. Like, yeah, man. She was like, babe, don't be such a baby. Like, just go late. Tell them you're late. Say you're sorry. And that's it. Like, what are they going to do? She's like, it's a college. It's not like it's a real academy. I'm like, you shut your mouth. It is a real academy. <laughs> shut um, your dirty little but, mouth. But, like, you know, and um, to, not to get too far off track, but like, my wife's been really awesome with like that. And me, like, she's helped me, like, kind of break, break the mold a little bit. Like, you know, since we've been together, I have a condo now. I own a gym now. I'm a firefighter now. Like, and I, and I know that doesn't mean shit, really. Like, because it, it, like, you can't take this with you. But I'm happy with those achievements in my life. Like, like ever since I was a little kid, like, firefighter, cool, badass. Like, and, and, and I know that's a question you want to ask me, like, why, why I want to be a firefighter. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that. Um, but, like owning a gym was something that was like, Oh my God, like, dude, I'm a co-owner. Like we own 30% of a fucking awesome CrossFit gym, uh, right here in La Mesa, California. It's called CrossFit Kivnon. You can come by at eight. <laughs> 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 Just start dropping all hardcore. Um, you know, I'm a coach there. Um, there's really amazing members. I mean, the members make it, uh, the coaches are great. The owners are cool. Like we all get along. Um, and I would love to take that $200,000 and, and use it to buy that gym. But I know that's not enough. So what I would do is I would just pay off my condo um, and then just live very, very debt free. I mean, if it wasn't for the condo, I don't think I would really have much debt at all. Um, I did get a truck, um, but I mean, I could pay that thing off in maybe two years. So whatever. Yeah. No, that's. So yeah. To answer that question, I would pay off my smart condo move, man. And then smart like, move. My wife and I would just, you know, be able to like eat a little bit better, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, she's going to school right now, so she's racking up some serious student loans. Um, but whatever. I mean, she, she's following her passion yeah. too. She's going to be a doctor. We're going to have a doctor. In the family, bro. <laughs> doctor Pete. That's yeah. awesome, man. Doctor. Yeah, no. Man. So yeah, man. I would. I would pay. I would pay off my condo. Um, oh, okay. Wait. I guess the first thing I would do. Is I would buy I would buy Gracie a used car. She doesn't want anything fancy. Um, I'd probably get her like a, you know, like a 2015 Toyota Prius or something like that that she could just whip around. She got rear we got rear-ended on the way to Bakersfield uh, on Thanksgiving, and they towed her oh, car. Man. So, uh, so we, uh, right now I have a Harley and a Chevy Silverado, and <laughs> can't really drive, ride the Harley. You so got rid of the Jeep too. Been, I've been taking. 
Yeah, man. Um, somebody stole the Jeep, oh, bro. They motherfuckers, dude. Well, I, I the story gets even better. So, Jeep gets stolen on day one, right? Fast forward to like day five. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm looking around. I found um, this pretty bitchin' truck on Carvana. Super awesome way to buy a vehicle. Dude, we should be getting sponsored. I know. I'm serious. Like, I'm going to tell you right now how awesome Carvana is. If you're a person like me, I don't like salesmen. I don't like saleswomen. I don't like to go into a stuffy <laughs> office. I don't like to be pressured. I don't like any of that. I want to find what I want to find, the comfort of my own couch in my boxers, wearing no shirt and no shoes, with my cat sitting on my lap, looking at my phone. I found the car I like. Cool. I'm going to get the financing for it on my own. Bam, I got the financing for it. Now all I got to do is click the button. They're going to send it to me. I get seven days to test drive it. If I want it, I keep it and pay them. If I don't want it, they come and get it, and that's it. Wow. It was amazing. So fast forward. Day, day five, I order the truck. Uh, by the way, USAA gave me a fucking awesome interest rate. <laughs> <laughs> 2.9 2, 2. APR, and I got the like, – I, I, like I applied for the loan. And I had the money in my account like in 20 minutes, 30 minutes to buy the Damn. truck. Um, boom, it was that quick, man. And uh, the truck arrives and I'm like, oh, my God, like this is it. It's fucking bitchin' black Chevy Silverado. 2013 only had 30,000 miles on it. Um, it had the extended cab. Um, so, like, it's got, like, the suicide doors. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm talking about. Um, had, had the side steps already on it. Like nice mag rims, um, just exactly not lifted four by four V eight, and it takes ethanol eighty five. So that like lower grade fuel that only costs a dollar ninety nine a gallon. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows this, but in California right now, gas is like three fifty a gallon. So I'm saving like two, you know, dollar fifty mm-hmm. a gallon. Um, so the day before the truck arrives, San Diego Police Department calls me. Hi, is this masterpiece? Yeah, <laughs> we found your Jeep. It's three blocks from your home, and I'm like, no fucking way. Like, did I forget where I parked it? You know what I mean? Like, because I, I don't know, man. I'm just like, there's like, it's that close. So I just jogged down there. Sure enough, there was my Jeep, man. And what I had, what I did was I parked it facing downhill, <laughs> and it's a manual. And I'm sure those. Mo- and it, by the way, it had no top on it. I never like, you know, kept it really secure. Um, it was, it was a beater. It was like, it was a 2002 Jeep Wrangler. Um, it was lifted, you know, it was just murdered out, beat up Jeep, man. It was awesome. Um, and they, I'm sure they popped like, you know, jump started it, like, like pop the clutch and just roll started it down the hill. And, um, I don't know if they tried to like what they were trying to do to it, but I know they tried to like get into my engine compartment. But I had like another lock on that engine compartment because somebody stole my battery. Motherfuckers, dude! People are such cocksuckers. So to steal it. <laughs> well, but you know what's funny, man? Yes, yes, I know that. But it was just like I'd been waiting for that moment to happen, probably since the time I bought it. <laughs> and I bought that Jeep. I bought the Jeep in Kentucky in 2008 and drove it all the way back to California. And I've had it for this yeah, long, that was a man. cool Jeep. You know what? 12, 12. I loved it. You know, um, but now I love my truck. It's way. It's so this. The truck here is an automatic. It's got power windows. It's got air conditioning. Like, it's much more comfortable. Um, and, and, you know, I've been wanting a truck for a while. 
the only thing is, man, I can't, I can't rest the <laughs> in my uh, parking space. I can't, it won't fit because the, 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 the turn mm-hmm. is too tight. And if I, I've tried, man, I will hit either the post to the left or the wall to the right. Damn. So, you, uh, if you can, oh, obviously yeah. hard to explain over the, over the phone, but I used to have, a, I used to have a Silverado too. It's just not a, not a huge truck, but longer uh-huh. than I have a Tacoma now. It's a small, small little short wheelbase yeah. truck. Um, and these apartments I lived at in San Diego, I would overshoot the parking spot. So like I was putting the nose of my truck, like almost behind the car next to it, if that makes sense. And then I would back uh-huh. up. So then I'm like directly facing the stall that I wanted to go in, if that makes sense. And then just yeah, shoot yeah, straight yeah, in. Yeah. So yeah, it was, mm-hmm. it was kind of a pain. Most of the time I'd leave my truck parked at a Harley back then too. And I just, the Harley was in the garage. So then I could always just take the remote and just pull right in the garage and call it a day, not go circling around for, cause there was no assigned parking spots. But yeah, I was, I'm dude, I miss San Diego weather sometimes. Do you think you'll ever, do you ever, oh, I bet, <laughs> I bet it's, uh, it was, it was, it was nice. Then, uh, man. It was really nice. Um, uh, do you ever think you'd get a Harley again? I think so. I definitely want to get a, a dirt bike again. I've been missing that. And I, yeah, I've, I've not, on a nice day in the summer, dude, I miss having a Harley so much just to jump on and go flying down the freeway in or just flying down whatever road. Mm-hmm. Um, but in Montana, just because, you know, the weather is not ideal. So, so, so many months mm-hmm. out of the year, it'd probably be like a down the road yeah. thing when financially I have, you know, more money sure. to burn and can buy a Harley yeah. that can sit in this. In the gr- yeah, toy. exactly. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't have the, the money or inclination mm-hmm. for a Harley right now, but no, I definitely down the road when it's something that's like a, this isn't a huge expense for me to go buy another Harley. Then absolutely. Yeah. I want to get another one. We should get sponsored by Harley. I know. Man. Like Harley Davidson, the best. Honestly. You really sold Carvana. <laughs> I'm going to reach out to them because. You... <laughs> well, I'm sure you could buy a Harley Davidson on Carvana. <laughs> you really sold them. You know, right? And you could use USAA <laughs> and then you could use your wild turkey and your Jameson. <laughs> oh, well, man. hey, man, do you want me to use, use this so as good. a pausing point and we should try and do a part two in the next week or yeah. so? I think we should, man. We still need to talk about the Hell yeah, TV. yeah. We need to talk about fire, uh, how, like, because I guess I didn't really even get into firefighting, like, um, why I wanted to be yeah, a firefighter. Yeah, I wanted to ask so, you that. Um, yeah, man, great talking you to too. you, man. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm proud of you, dude. I, I, I know I've been saying I want to come visit you in Montana, but it's hard, dude, because, like, I'm off in the winter, and, like, does, do people visit people in Montana in the winter? Like, um, I mean, yeah, especially if you, uh, I mean, the only thing you got a four wheel drive truck, you'd be good. But I mean, I just drove from Utah to back to Montana today and the, yeah, the road, the ro- Well, if I went to Montana, I would uh, okay. fly in then, there, man. Like, just so I'd spend, I'd spend, yeah. I'd spend more time. Short, in yeah. There. Short answer. Yes. Um, and yeah, we could always go, uh, you know, there's definitely winter stuff to do, like go snowshoeing, snowboard. Um, there's like hot springs and yeah. stuff to go check out. So yeah, there's definitely stuff to do. Um, yeah, summer oh, summer might be a little more fun, just depending on what your interests are. But no, there's still plenty of stuff to go do in the winter. If you do, you snowboard or ski? I don't remember. That's funny. I, I knew we were gonna get to this, but no, man. I I I broke my the only bone I ever broke in my life was my collarbone, and I broke it snowboarding <laughs> in like 2003. I was 19 years old, and like I'm good on that fucking dude. Now, bro. Like it was. A, pretty shitty experience that's pretty funny because the it wasn't the first time i went but i it was like maybe like the third or fourth or something i was never very good at it but i think i was 19 mm-hmm. or 20 broke my collarbone snowboarding only bone i've ever broke and i just went that was in like 2010 i want to say 2009 2010 yeah. somewhere around there i didn't go again until just like last month i went snowboarding again 
but it was a blast. What, it was a blast. Was that, was that hard or were you like, cause I've, I've been since mm-hmm. the injury, I, I've been snowboarding like a couple of times since. And, um, like I, I wasn't, it was kind of cool because like, you know, like you're outdoors in the snow and everything, but like, I wasn't getting off on the fucking ride anymore. I was like, oh man, like just be careful, dude. Like, <laughs> like go easy. Like, you know, like, and then I, I ended up going to the lodge and just drinking like, four hours <laughs> while everybody else. Was, you know? Here it comes full but, circle um, again. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy, that old taste that we shall have. <laughs> Cannonball! There's no water in there. Um, yeah, no, but, um, I, I had. Yeah, man. Let's yeah, talk. Sorry, uh, I was gonna say, let's uh. Let's continue the joke here in about a week, and we can do the part two of the Maddie and Johnny Lulls. Uh, for podcast. sure, man. I'll reach out to Carvana for you and uh, Jameson and US- USAA and some <laughs> of those other Harley yeah, Davidson. Some of them. But we can, we can <laughs> do this, man. I mean, I'm sure like Andy Stump and Joe Rogan, they get you know whatever. I'm not. I'm not even trying to get any money. I'm just you know. <laughs> car, really, bottle of whiskey. <laughs> Let's bash bash Connor right, McGregor's bro, proper easy, twelve. <laughs> yeah, you you too, oh, man. man. It was, it was good yeah, to hear from you. Tell tell the wife I said hi. Thank you yeah. very much, man. I will. I will, man. I'm sure she's gonna listen to this and she'll be glad. Um all right, man. Have a good night. <laughs>